Okay, welcome back, guys. Uh, this is the probably the last episode of this season. Uh, might have a couple more teasers and just quirky ones throughout the summer, maybe in the fall, but this is it. Uh, Noah, how are you feeling? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed. We watched this right after the uh, Bucks-Suns game, and, you know, somehow I found myself cheering for the Bucks, and uh, kind of a disappointing game. Yeah, I mean, the game itself was uh, it was really, I think, a really good first quarter. And then the first half was good, but uh, the Suns kind of got away with it in the third quarter, and the Bucks made a move, made a run, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, uh, the the Chris Paul 16 points in the third quarter, that really pushed them ahead. And then you got the Bucks going small ball near the end, making it kind of competitive. But, I, you know... I, I was defending Bud earlier in the uh, game, but... Yeah, we were, not... a, we were having a big conversation about this. I'm a big uh, anti-Bud guy. Yeah, I, I thought he was doing fine. I liked how he started the game off, but I think you got to go to that small ball lineup earlier. I think so. Do you think, do you think some of that reason why they didn't is because either Giannis is hurt or because they don't have the depth at wing with DiVincenzo out? Yeah, you always have to have like a Pat Connington or a Bryn Forbes out there, which is is rough because Chris Paul can even pick on those guys which you don't love out of your guards but yeah no it's it's uh I don't know I think it's a really high potential lineup but like I think Giannis I mean Giannis will do whatever his coach said I'm pretty sure if, if Bud told Giannis to jump off a bridge Giannis would and he'd just say coach said so like what do you expect me to do when he has the media press conference after and he's in the hospital but uh it's that's so mean. I think Giannis it's like no, he's a great, a great guy. He's a great, great soldier, teammate. but like he would do whatever his coach told him to do. Whereas I'm just making a comparison to Anthony Davis here, who actively does not want to play the five, which is dumb. Yes, but Giannis will do whatever his coach says. So I'm saying here, it's not a Giannis-driven decision. It's a totally on Bud that they don't play that lineup. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I don't know. I just more <laughs> more uh, gun, gun, uh, bullets for my anti-Bud case here, but. I don't so, think he's a bad coach. I just don't think he maximizes Milwaukee's So potential. who should replace him next year? Well, I would have wanted to see them get Rick Carlisle, but that's off the table. Uh, honestly, don't know like who's a better fit. I'd like to see Jeff Van Gundy do, take over. What about Dave Yeager? What's your thoughts on Dave Yeager? I don't know enough about him specifically. I mean, I know who he is and what he's done, but like, I don't know enough about him as a coach. I always respected what he did in Sacramento. I thought it was good, and I didn't think he got a short, short end of the stick there. Yeah, definitely. Their, their owner is a little crazy. Yeah, and their trades, like, they think they're going to do well, and they never do, but they don't, they don't have the depth. They don't have the team. Well, when you have a scouting system that says Marvin Bagley is better than Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Yeah, that's a rough one. No one really, talk, it's, you know, one really talks about that too much. It's all Trey Young and Luka Doncic, but yeah, let's not forget... Yeah, it's, you know, Kings made the worst decision. Like, those, I think the first five picks, like, it, it wouldn't be crazy if they're who, all... Who was, who was, the, who was Aiton? Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson, yeah, he's nice. Yeah. He's been a little hurt. Yeah, he has been. And then it was Bagley. And then it was Doncic. Yeah, with the trade. but traded, yeah. Yeah. And then did Trey Young go next, or is there someone no, else? No, I think, I think Trey was five. Jaron Jackson Jr. was four. Okay, okay, yeah. But I think... Uh, I mean, the Aiton pick is looking pretty nice right now. It, it's, it's looking fine. Obviously, Luka's the better player, but the Aiton pick is looking really player. good. Yes, but it's still like, you know, a lot of times you're picking at the top end of the draft, you have huge busts. 
definitely a solid yeah. player. Any, I think any time you could draft and get a quality player like Aiton's turned out to be, it's a success. Unless you're picking, like, unless you're passing up on Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is exactly so what they did. So it's not a success, yeah. No, no but... Like, it's, it's fine. It's not, like, a, a failure, but it's not a success. It's a missed opportunity. But... I don't know. What do you think about? Why don't we do a quick recap of the, or just our quick thoughts, I guess, of the Clippers Sun series? So it it was a shame Kawhi was out, and you know it's. I just I hate to be a downer, but like Phoenix has a lot of like injury help in their run to the. Phoenix has been finals. hurt themselves. Not really though. Chris Paul's been in and out of the lineup. That was big. With- Chris Paul was out when they faced. The Denver Nuggets. Yeah, and then he hurt his hand pretty badly in the See, Clipper series. How much did he hurt his hand? But still, yes, they've had that. They've had the help, but you know that's part of the part of the deal. You know, we were going to uh, we were going to the final four for sure in grade twelve. When you when I was in grade eleven, you were in grade twelve. You know, we we got hurt and some injuries. And then one of our uh, our buddies, you know, started kissing too many girls. <laughs> You got mono. <laughs> wow, you just throwing it up, throwing him under the bus there. Let's throw him under the bus. We'll, we'll keep his name out of it. But no, I mean, I think it, it's part of the game. But it is. I mean, this this whole postseason injuries have been unreal. Yeah, crazy. Except for our two finalists. Yeah. And even then, they got a pretty good scare in their own. Uh, I can't believe Giannis played with his knee. They're hyperextended. That's pretty crazy. But. I guess, back to the Clippers, for me, um, I thought the Clippers played well. They got themselves down into a hole at the beginning of the series. And once Kawhi was done, like, they didn't have Kawhi. I mean, and that's, like, your best guy. I definitely think it would have made a difference. But you can't look at it like that. Like, it would have made a difference, and it's too bad. But it's tough. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I mean, Kawhi's not necessarily, I don't know, if is he injury-prone or is he fragile? But, like... The deal when he was in Toronto was you can load manage as much as you want because you're coming off this uh, was it ankle or knee I think it was the knee, yeah. Um, and yeah, and he had the big knee problem. But he was healthy and he did get hurt in the playoffs. But he played and then he went to the Clippers last year, load managed like up his ass, and now he gets and he was healthy in the first round and now he's you know hurt again. And I mean, if you have to do so much load management, and you get hurt. Maybe you're just more prone to injuries. But besides the point, I thought the Clippers did well, and it's just tough to overcome Kawhi. If they had Kawhi, would they have won for sure? Hard to say, but I think I probably would have picked... I probably would have been pretty pretty tight on that series if they had Kawhi. Yeah, and I think another point in like the Suns' favor, I don't think Paul George is as good as he was when Kawhi's there. Like The way I'm looking at it, I don't think Paul George is a good number two. I think he's too passive there. But when he's a number one, you see him be so aggressive and assertive. And I think he's, you know, Indiana, number one option. He was awesome. Now when he's by himself again, he's Well, what awesome. about when he was in OKC that year? See, OKC, I kind of think, is different. Russell Westbrook, like, you kind of, like, you just take your shots when you can. Like, you know, <laughs> if you pass it, you're not getting it back. So there's no, like, real patience. I think it's like, you get it, you go. And I think Russell Westbrook, he empowers you to be aggressive. Because I love Russell Westbrook. Damn. Well, I don't know. I think it's tough. Clippers and injuries, will they be back next year? Let's see, their salary cap is maxed out. But 
Uh, we'll see. They'll probably put some role players around him, and they'll definitely be they'll definitely be hanging around for sure. They're not, unless Kawhi leaves, I don't think I don't think he's leaving though. No, I don't. I don't think so either. The thing I'm like my biggest thought on their off season because they can only offer Reggie Jackson, I think like ten million. Yeah. And is that enough to keep? Has him? he got paid before? Like, has he had a big payday? He got paid in Detroit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so maybe he sticks around then. It, like it, it, it's a possibility, but like how good he played in regular season as well. Like I could see him getting offered a lot more. A couple of years, like you know, he could probably sign three years, maybe close to max at a bad team somewhere. I don't think a max. I think that's extreme. No, but do you think like someone got offered him twenty million a year or something, maybe for two or three years, and then you're looking at like, okay, I'll have ten million dollars to sign with the Clippers, or and like because it was kind of like flash in the pan kind of thing more so than throughout the whole year. So you have ten million dollars, and then you take a hit in free agency again next year, or you're signing the check for like sixty million dollars potentially. I'd take the sixty million. Yeah, that'd be tough to Thank say no. Thank you very much, Clippers. But you know who knows? We'll see. But onto the East, the Bucks beat the Hawks. I don't think that was a huge surprise. The Hawks no. are playing. The Hawks have played really well this postseason. Yeah, like they have been playing well. Now the Sixers imploded. And the Bucks let them win too many games, but the Hawks have been playing very well. Yeah, and we we got to mention Herder would have made not Herder Hunter would have made a a large difference in that series just to give another body. I and Trey Young hurt his ankle. Yeah, Trey Young hurt his ankle, and he yeah. was not the same after that. Definitely not, not even close. Um, yeah, there's there's a an alternate universe where it's. Hawks could have at least made it, like, game seven. It went six games, which doesn't even feel that close. Yeah. Because they got the one game at the beginning before Trae Young got hurt. Yeah. And I think the second game as well. But either way, I think the Bucks were definitely the better team. I think the winner of that Brooklyn-Milwaukee uh, series was going to was likely going to beat the Hawks. It was supposed to be the big showdown in the Eastern Conference Finals, but Philly decided to have their thing. And we could talk about Ben Simmons for hours here, but... Or we can talk about him nothing at all. Yeah, I think Not that's going to... I think everyone... I think if you're interested in Ben Simmons, there's more than enough Ben Simmons content out there right now. It's just a kind of like his trade value is at its absolute worst, and so is the, the, the amount that everyone actually wants him around there. So if this is the NFL, they probably just cut him. The, um, the amount of trades that they offer for Ben Simmons, where it's just like, do we give him like Buddy Heald and like a second <laughs> round pick? And I'm just like, oh, I'm so angry. And it's just like the, the only thing I think might actually work is if Dame says I want to go to Philly. But like, there's no way we we can get Dame. If Dame says I'm going to Philly, what we got to give him every single draft pick, Maxi. No, but Tybo. you know, but the thing is, is maybe like he could push his value to to Portland and say like, what if he just says like I'm not playing. I think Dame's still there for, like, three years. I agree I'm, with you, but I'm I think that's like the one whatever. scenario that I could maybe see Philly maybe getting a good deal out of it. See, the Philly-Portland trade that I'd be open to is Ben Simmons for CJ. I don't think Portland does that. Not a chance. But you would say they do it for Dame? If Dame wants out and tries to force his way out. Just disrespectful to Ben Simmons. But... <laughs> As our, as our favorite junior basketball coach would say, irregardless, now, Classic. We, we, have, uh, we have the NBA Finals here. We have Phoenix and Milwaukee. So, obviously, initial thoughts of Game 1, you know, we liked... 
I liked what Milwaukee was doing some of the time on defense. Um, and I, I think they'll put up a good fight. But I, I kind of thought this going in after watching game one. I'm very confident in Suns and six, I think. I think I think there was a bit of panic by Bud because we starting off the game you had PJ that started on Chris Paul which I thought was really smart because you knew you were going to switch that pick and roll each time so having PJ on Aiton wouldn't be like no. killer but then you know you're down and then Bud switches back to the drop coverage and then that's when Chris Paul Chris has, Paul will cook you in drop coverage like more than Trey Young he he got 16 points in the third quarter when they did it so yes yeah and even <laughs> if you drop and you don't drop too much it's still like that's kind of what I thought might work but no Chris Paul just because I mean, drop coverage gives the guy with the ball, um, in my opinion, like every, your decisions become very sequential. Like it's all a series of reads. Like you, you get past your guy in the pick and roll, then you're looking at the guy, the guy who's dropped. What is he doing? Where's the help defense? And it's very simple for guys who think so fast and so well. Okay, he's here. There's got to be a guy here open. We're switching. There's more stuff going on all at the same time. And even if you're late on a switch, like it's more chaotic. Whereas this, I think Chris Paul can just eat you alive. And Chris Paul. He has the best mid-range jumper. He'll just he'll go on this pick and roll. He won't even go to the basket. He'll go to the left. He'll go to the right, and then he'll just pull up right in your face. And it's sometimes we saw it once. He's literally running away from the like literally running away from the basket at a pretty good speed. Yeah, and he just he does that every time, and it just so like how are you supposed to guard this if the guy's running away from you? You just that's why you gotta, <laughs> you gotta go small. You gotta switch it, and like that's that's the best option, you know. You're going to have those plays where he picks on Bryn Forbes or Pat Connington, but it's it's better than just Cook and Brooke Lopez all game. Yeah. I mean, there was a huge free-throw discrepancy in this game, yeah. but I think the Suns are pretty cold at the beginning of the game from three. Like, they didn't hit much, and Jay Crowder had one point. They almost went perfect from the free-throw line until Jay Crowder missed at the end, and that was his only point. Yeah. So that's, that's 16 free-throws. For Milwaukee, and a lot of those are just hacking on Giannis. Whenever Giannis was going to the rim, definitely game plan here, and I think very smart. Whenever Giannis was going to the rim, and they and it wasn't like a risk of an and one, they fouled him hard. It's in the line, and I think that's really smart. And then Phoenix had they were twenty five of twenty six free throws, so that's ten more free throws, and they hit way a much better percentage. Yeah, definitely. But a good thing to point out: the Bucks were forty four percent from threes and. Th- uh, the Suns were 32%. Yeah, Phoenix didn't shoot it super well. So it's, that's another thing that could be big for next game. Just like a few percentages either way. DeAndre Ayton played well. Yeah, you know, he had like 20 rebounds. Yeah. He's, pretty, pretty good. He's a good player. And and he, was, he was good. He, when they did drop or switch, got it in the post, made some quick, effective moves, put the ball in the basket. I loved it. Yeah, 22 and 19. But, like, one thing I think with Aiton, there's a lot of talk where they're thinking, like, this guy's amazing. And I'm just wondering, how amazing is this guy with De'Aaron Fox as your point guard? Oh, Chris Paul increases his value a ton. Yeah, I agree. But, like, can, but we, the, can we calm down on this Aiton hype but train? the skills have to be there. They are. Like, I think, I think there's a prerequisite. Like, I think there's some players... Um, like, I would say, like, myself would be included in here back in my heyday, you know, because I'm very old now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think when I, if you played, if I played one-on-one or I played on a t- team where I was the best guy, my team wouldn't do super well. But if I played on a team with other good players, I think my value then would be much better. Like, I wouldn't be super valuable on a team where I'm the best guy. But if I'm not the best guy and one of the better guys, 
or even one of the not even close to being better guys, but like in a position where I get to handle the ball, I think I would have been much better and more effective there. I hear you. So I think guys like DeAndre Ayton, sure, you send him to the middle of nowhere, and he's not going to put up big numbers and not going to be like he's not going to be a big uh, empty stats guy somewhere. But you put him on a good team, let him do his role, he's going to be really effective. I'm just nervous. The Suns are going to offer him a max contract, and then when Chris Paul retires, it looks it looks pretty bad. What if, what if they do this? What if they max out Aiton and say, see you to Chris Paul, we don't want to give you a three-year deal? Because he might sign again for three years. Well, that would be insane. This is like an ultimate, I don't know what to say, kind of, I don't know the word for this. I'm sure, uh, you know, someone would know it. But, you know, it's very, I guess, irony maybe. But, like, two years ago, Chris Paul's contract was seen as, like, the one of the worst contracts in the league. People were trading him and picks to get rid of him. And they're like, man, you don't want this Chris Paul contract. And it's like come full circle, and now we're here, going to extend him again for a couple of years at max money. No, like yeah, like the only person they could trade him for was Russell Westbrook, and who had an also untradeable contract. And it's just yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like sometimes people look at the contract and how they value that asset more than they value like what this player can do for your team, which is a, a trap I've fallen to as well. I'll be honest. Yeah, too much, too much uh, numbers focused. Like, with Tim Hardaway Jr., when he got traded to Dallas, I was like, who cares about him? He's just, like, to make the money balance. And now he's, like, a really good player, and, you know, it's just something you got to realize. Like, you got to look more into what these players bring value to the team rather than, like, what their asset is to the team. Yeah. What trade value they have. Yeah, I agree. And I think... Uh... I think if you want to get all nerdy here in the salary cap, I think it's quite valuable to have guys on your team like Tim Hardaway Jr., guys who aren't integral to your team, but you have them on mid-level, not mid, not the mid-level, but on mid-range pay, so you can do trades and stuff like this. If you just have max guys and salary filler, it's really tough to make trades work. And, and that's like the problem that Boston's in. That's why you always hear the Marcus Smarts trades, because yeah. he's the only tradable contract. Yeah. Everyone else is minimum. Tristan Thompson a bit, too, but yeah. So it's tough, but I guess, I mean, that's kind of our game one thoughts. Like I thought Phoenix played well, could have shot the ball better. Um, Milwaukee shot the ball well, but I didn't love their their defense was really on and off. Um, I I think they, I didn't say, I don't want to say they got screwed by the foul calls, but I think they could have got a lot more foul calls. There was, there was a few times I was like, come on. Yeah. You know what? And there could have been a lot more 10 second violations on Giannis. (laughs) <laughs> I, lo- I love the fans counting I love it You're the one ca- timing it you I know. timed it He was pretty close The fans obviously count fast But he's very close And I'm sure on some of them He went over Yeah but it's not like The refs are going to be like 10 seconds no, exactly But the bullshit 5 seconds before he gets the ball That really slows And that slows I, Okay first of all I don't get why you have such Why you need Or have such a long routine And why he pauses He does his dribbles And then he gets set and then he pauses like it's like you're waiting for to give yourself the yips like you're golfing you don't stand over a ball that's a foot away from the hole for a minute and look at it from a thousand different angles then you walk up if there's a ton of break you aim at the edge of the hole and you just put it you just put it in like if you're you're shooting a free throw most guys you take a couple dribbles take a deep breath if you want shoot the ball get in a rhythm relax shoot it he takes way too long and I don't know, I don't know. It's just a, I think it's a bad routine. And the whole, like, visualization before, okay, cool, but it takes way too long. No, I hear you. I'm, and the comment I made during the game was, what great free throw shooter has that long of a routine? It's just Ben Simmons. 
terrible free throw shooter, he's got a 10-second violation. Yeah. I mean, you look at guys like KD, Steph Curry, Steve Nash. Like, like KD, I think he does one or three dribbles. He, like, does a little shimmy, and he shoots the ball. Yeah. Steph Curry puts his mouth guard out of his mouth, puts one dribble, and then he puts the ball in his he puts one dribble, gets his feet set, shoots it. Like, these guys, like, you get to the line of confidence, relax. I don't know. I, I, I just don't think Giannis is getting any rhythm from that routine. No. And... Like, obviously, you're gonna I think you're, you're standing there. The, like, there's twenty thousand fans, eighteen thousand, and whatever. All the teammates there, and you're gonna you, like, you're turning what should be about ten seconds from the time you step up to the line to the time you shoot, and that includes the pre-shot bullshit. Ten seconds with that into like a thirty-second thing every time, and it's yeah. It must be hard on your mental, like, because these are like the most stressful times for like Giannis on the court is when he's at the free throw line. And hey, let's extend it. It's like, crazy. It's crazy that these guys get caught up in the mental with the free throws, and I get it. There's lots of pressure, but for guys like Giannis or Dwight Howard, who like supposedly in practice are very good free throw shooters, I I don't disagree with that. I just and obviously like I don't understand the pressure, and this is why I'm just saying this because I don't understand it. But you'd think like. Giannis goes to the free throw line enough, like, it's not, like, a novel thing for him anymore. Like, the coolness of being at the free throw line or, like, newness is gone. Like, this is a, just a thing. You're at the free throw line. Like, it happens for him, like, what, eight times a game or something? Okay, and now I'll, I'll tell you from my perspective. As the guy on our high school team, the only one who ever got to the free throw line. Yeah. Dude, I, I went through some set, like, times where I was, like, 0 for 6 in a game. Like, easy. Like, it's... Yeah. I had a tough time. And, you know, it's, it's tough to get past, and it's very real. But you know, well, no, I've been I've been to the line. Like I remember when I was in grade ten, there was a game, and I shot in the last like four minutes. I think I shot eight, eight or ten free throws, and I hit them all, and we won the game. It was very close, but the ball, like the rim, felt really big. Like I was like I was very confident. It's like there's lots of other sports. Like it's like golf, baseball, whatever. Like you stand behind the ball and like you're confident and you're there. Like you, if you have a good shot and you're confident, the rim feels big. And there's other times when I was in. in high school and I'd go like 0 for 5 or something or go to the line like you miss the first one and you're just like man the rim feels so small like you, when you when you get behind the line you're like there's no way this is going in like that's not a good thought to have going through your head I exactly and it's you know I just think him spending that much time is just it's not good yeah but I don't know like I think I think it's gonna be a close series but I, I do think I got the Suns in 6 no what about you <sighs> what do I have eh I, I probably have Suns and Six as well. Like Giannis, there's a chance they could make, or Milwaukee, they have a chance to make it a series. You know, they got to go smaller a lot more. I think that's the only way you can keep Chris Paul in check. But, like, you just don't have enough depth to really do that effectively. And I think that's where it, it kind of kills them. Yeah. So I, I would also say Phoenix and Six. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't know. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, I'm excited to see some NBA basketball. Unfortunately, although the finals are in the middle of summer, I still have school going on somehow. So it's unfortunate <laughs> that I can't just you know watch every uh, YouTube clip of ESPN and every podcast and watch every game. Well, I will watch every game, but I can't just you know devote my life to following the NBA finals. But it's still fun. I'm still watching what I can and watching all the games and getting more than enough ESPN. <laughs> So, 
That's good. But uh, another thing we should mention is is Sarge did get hurt. He did, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that's like a, a major injury, if he's going to be gone. Or if Frank Kaminsky was useless in the game. Frank Kaminsky was bad. Very bad. Because they could switch that with ease, and like he's not trying to post. Chris Paul pick and roll. Here's another Chris Paul pick and roll maestro can just great out of pick and roll. He's every like he, they ran three or four pick and rolls in sequence with Frank. Everything was like a turnover or a bad shot. Frank was just like he would kind of look at the rim for a bit, and then he'd just be like, oh, "I'll just go to the." the well, you saw court. it. You, I mean, it was kind of funny. We both laughed at this when we saw it. When uh, Sarge got hurt, Kaminsky started tying up his shoes. <laughs> like, he definitely didn't think he was getting in the game. He was like, oh, shit, boys, it's my time. Yeah. Dude, it's, I actually had an experience in college like that. Um, everyone was fouling out. And, like, this, this dude just fouled out. And I was like, I, I nudged my buddy who's ahead of me in the rotation. I was like, hey, get ready. You know, this is, like, near the end of the game. And then he, he looked at me. He was like, I'm already fouled out. And then I was like... Shit, well, I guess it's me. <laughs> and then I came in. I think there was like two minutes left. And I had like two rebounds and two points from free throws. And I was talking to all the guys. It's like, my per 36 numbers are on point. <laughs> I'm like 36 and 36. But it's yeah. a machine. Yeah. But I was just, that moment, you're just like, oh, shit, I guess it's me. Yeah. Damn. So I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on the, the series? Playoff, I mean, been a crazy injury playoffs. What I, we said, what a crazy year to have a podcast and make all these predictions. Yeah, it's 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 also a thing. Like also with Chris Paul, we saw him like have that little hand injury. His hand's been bugging him since the Clippers series. Yeah, just injuries. Like it's been such a big part of the playoffs, and yeah. you know us trying to call it. Like it's been brutal. It's been I mean, insane. so I think the first I go with the first round. I mean, Lakers. Lakers. Like, yeah. I still think the Lakers are the best team. Lakers win if they're not hurt, and you don't like. Every pick you say, it's the one like caveat that everyone accepts when you make a pick. Like, I pick this team as long as they're healthy, you know? And you can say, if, it's not, if they're healthy, then it's whatever. And I think, yeah, Lakers are hurt, second round, injuries. It's, it's just, but, you know, I mean, I'm excited to see, I really want to see Chris Paul win. And I'd like, love to see Booker get a ring. Although Booker was uh, reposting uh, one of the Kardashians, uh, they were hanging out again. So, like, the Kardashian curse may strike. Maybe he's going to break it. Maybe he's like Drake. Breaking the Toronto curse. We'll see. I just think I would be so much more invested in, in these finals if it was Brooklyn versus the Lakers. That would be... Uh, I think that would have been really awesome exciting. and super exciting. And It may happen next year. Yeah, it could. Definitely. I, I, I would expect the Lakers to bring everyone back. Like, I know everybody's going crazy. Like you should trade some people, but I still think they're a great roster. And then Brooklyn, they're definitely not going anywhere. They got three of the top fifteen players or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good. It's pretty, pretty good. And I think uh, Brooklyn, what Brooklyn has in their favor, is none of those guys are injury prone guys. I would say Kyrie is maybe a little bit, but not like KD and Harden are. And tanks. you know, I don't know if you can consider this James Harden the same James Harden as before. I think he is like an extra twenty five pounds he's carrying around him. Yeah. You know, we'll see though. I mean, he, he needed that to get his way out of Houston, <laughs> so we'll see how he you shows know, up. Maybe it's just the karma gods, the basketball gods striking James Harden down. That could very well be it for his uh, his foul play. That could be. I mean, <laughs> it's been pretty gross to see what he did in Houston, but. This is where we are. I mean, I don't know. Why don't you give us our, your final thoughts on this podcast, eh? Yeah. I mean, 
it's been it was been fun. I remember when I uh, when I asked you if you wanted to do it. Kind of it wasn't really a joke, but it was kind of like a a thing. It was just like a idea, like a, not a pipe dream, something like that. And then uh, I just kind of ran with it. You kind of you came back to me like two weeks later. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, it was fun. Um, I don't know. I I mean I should, like okay. If this was my full time job. Um, it would be so much fun and it would be very easy, but I st- I've gained respect for people who do have to cover the league and stuff because it's, it's hard to keep up with everything and watching the shitty games you don't want to watch or staring at that. Like it's easy to cover the good teams, but you know, at the end of the season turning on like a, I mean, I didn't do it. And this is why maybe the, the you know, we didn't have a top quality, uh, not top in the charts right now, because I wasn't tuning on the Chicago Orlando game when there's two weeks left in the regular season. So I'll I'll subject myself to the bad teams. I'll try and watch like every team like two or three times early on the season, and then I just I just go with what I like to watch near the end. Which you know, we're not professionals. Like no. that's what, you, that's what it I, is. And I I really enjoyed the beginning of the season. Um, and you know we were doing episodes more frequently then, but I got um unfortunately I got so busy with school. Um, like the last term there I was a couple TA jobs and then a couple clubs and stuff and other actually like and even more shit than that it was you, it was good but you are the busiest person <laughs> I know like the amount of stuff you do and you're like you do well in it you, you no. excel I would die well thanks no, no I'm like serious I, I get bored easily so I have to do it otherwise I would be bored especially living here all alone you know what am I gonna do talk to my parents I've got to avoid that <laughs> So, <laughs> so we'll see, but, um, what was the biggest thing that surprised you doing this podcast? Before I say that, I want to say I'm disappointed. I thought the podcast got less technical as I got into midterms mm. because I wasn't following as much of the X's. I wasn't following enough to good at keep up with the X's and O's and stuff, but I'm glad like I've looked at the viewer statistics. We still have the same core, you know, like seven <laughs> guys watching or whatever. It's pretty cool. You're the man. Yeah. Um, but what surprised me? Um, probably how the over, when you're making the, like, I don't want to say the call, but like when I'm sitting here saying like, I have this, I pick, I think this guy's going to make the all-star team. I think this guy's going to win MVP or I think this team's going to win the series. The like overreaction, like in football, overreaction Monday, like it's real. Like when you make a pick and then you're under the gun, you're like, oh my God, the first game didn't go well. Uh, that's a real thing. And it's, it's hard to stick to your guns. What was one thing I should have stuck to my guns on was the Raptors. I said the Raptors were not going to make the playoffs. Push came to shove. And then I, they, I started pl- they started playing well, mm-hmm. and I started to backtrack. And there was definitely, they were playing well, but I still, I didn't think, I think the logic of that pick was that the Raptors were not a, they didn't have, like, they didn't have the depth, they didn't have, the one, they didn't have any one-on-one scoring, really. Um, and that was my logic, and that didn't change. They just started playing really good team ball. And I think maybe unless your logic changes, like you could stick to, if your logic makes sense and you like are smart enough to know that it makes sense, um, then I think, you know, you should stick to your guns maybe a little more, but you know, easily I could have been wrong. I could have been right with the second, with the flip flop and they would have made the playoffs. So it's tough to say. I think what everybody got to realize is like basketball is logical. Like the Knicks were the four seed. Are you serious? Have you seen their roster? Like that's, that doesn't make any sense because there's so many teams that are way more talented. Like Miami, and they dealt with a ton of injuries. But who's the third best player on Detroit before Derrick Rose got there? 
I couldn't even tell you. It's like Reggie Bullock. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing there? I can tell you, like, Jeremy Grant. And then, you know, I could name other guys, but I couldn't rank them probably that well. Jeremy Grant? You mean Detroit, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Did I say? I thought I was you talking said Detroit. Knicks. I'm sorry. Oh. I, I meant to. Oh, the Knicks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, RJ <laughs> uh, Butler, or Barrett, sorry. Uh, I mean, obviously, Julius Randle. And then that. Derek Rose. Obi Toppin, I know him, but, like, he's not it's very good. Like, literally, the third, not including Derek Rose, yeah. is, like, Bullock. And it's just, like, wow. Maybe what, quickly. I yeah. don't know. What about you? What are, any, uh, any uh, like, thoughts or surprises or anything? I I found myself enjoying like the more technical aspects with it, like when I did that big deep dive on like the value of like draft picks. Yeah, I, I thought that was trade. interesting. I I don't think I did a very good job like explaining like the numbers I got, but that was early on in our podcasting. But, like that, I found super interesting. Yeah, and it yeah. I mean, I think like we we've done this before, and we'll do it again, and we do it with a couple other guys, but it's really cool to sit down with someone else who like knows basketball and you can like start getting into nitty gritty stuff, like how teams are guarding whatever action and say like, this is a reason why this team is winning or losing. And like, I really enjoy that. I think the funniest thing I did, I was texting or I was talking to one of our buddies um, and I was asking him, where does Herder rank on Atlanta? And both our rankings were so different. I just found that, like, just stuff like that. Like, nobody, not many people can talk about it. Yeah. But I had a great time. So what do you think your... Are you saying, what, what do you think my best call and my worst take? Or like, my best take and worst take on the podcast. We're all the same for you. I'll give you a, you know, a few seconds if you want to think about it here. Because I have... Uh, thinking about yours. I know I have your worst take. What was my worst take? Why and I think I have me? your... I think I have both, actually. And they're, like, kind of this double-edged sword here. Let me so know. your... Your best take was that I disagree... I still disagree with you on the Rudy Gobert defense. Oh. But the Rudy Gobert player, I think that was your best take. Like, he's not... He's in the play... Like, okay, yeah, he can be Defensive Player of the Year because it's a regular season award. But if you take a step back from the award criteria and think about it, like, it's just two people having a conversation. Best defender in the league... And you can't play him in the postseason, that becomes a serious problem. Yeah. So, and I think your worst take was Ben Simmons. And I know he had the flame out. What was Ben Simmons take? You thought he was re- just continuously, he was very good. I still think he's very good. And I agree. I, I, I know he had a horrible th- uh, postseason, but I just think he's, he could be so much better. And I don't like what I'm hearing about like his work ethic and things like this well, at that's, all. That's my biggest critique of Ben Simmons. He hasn't gotten better since he got in the league. I, I think, and I, I, he's not as bad as everyone says, but I don't think he's as good as you said, and I think that's right now, anyway, your worst take, for sure, for you, like a general pop, gen pop opinion, but okay. what about myself? Dude, I, I feel like I need more time to think about come this. Come on, let's go with something here. Okay, what was, your Rudy Gobert take was the worst, defending Rudy Gobert? I, mean, I still think he was, and this is, <laughs> this, as a side note here, while you can think about my uh, best take. This is something that happens, and I can definitely see it. You know, sportscasters want to get clicks and views and stuff. And also just in general, like, you can't be flip-flopping all the time. So I started talking a little bit of how I liked Rudy Gobert, and I just decided, like, oh, well, I guess this will be my thing. Like, I'll go down with Rudy Gobert. And I was good enough with that. And my – what I said represents my view, but I did stra- pump it up a little bit, you know, was gassing him up a little bit. 
Okay, so this this probably isn't the best answer, but your worst take was probably picking. The I you just said Rudy Gobert. Yeah, no, but that wasn't real. Okay. We know we disagree on that, but and we can always add more things to your back. Okay, okay, let's just turn this into that. So, like in hindsight, is twenty twenty, but I think people choosing the Knicks over Atlanta. Did you not it, make that same the, call? No, I chose the Knicks. Yeah, you did. Or no, I chose Atlanta. I mean, I oh, check okay. the pod, check the record. I got okay. Atlanta. Okay, but like. Just looking at that team, the Knicks have no talent. No, but I just thought Julius Randle would go well. And yeah, I got caught up in this stuff. Atlanta, since the, since the All-Star break and since McMillan got in there with Bogdanovich, as we always point out together on this they podcast, always. they came back together. But still, they both up. made a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Hawks were significantly better since then. And they, as they showed in the past, they're a good team. And as I showed you in 2K, they're an excellent 2K team. I need to wax anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it. You know who else is excellent in two K? Ben Simmons. He's unbelievable. You want to press that man, he'll dunk all over you. But I, <laughs> I, I agree. I think that take with New York was not super good. Um, and to be honest, if I just want to, you know, come clean mode, I didn't watch enough New York basketball to make that to make. Edu- <laughs> I didn't watch enough Atlanta or New York to make an educated take on that series. No, like not many people do. And that's what I wish like, I would have had more time for, but school just... I watched a bit of Knicks because I liked Obi Toppin. That's why I watched them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have a best take for me, or are you just only I, doing worse? Like, I don't know. Okay, like, that's most, good enough. We can just leave it here. Most can, of your takes are pretty decent. And I can, make, I can make fun of you forever now, because you couldn't come up with a good take for me on the podcast. Is that you can make fun of me, or you make fun of yourself? <laughs> it's like, I can't think of anything good you said. But, no, I think this is it. I mean, I had a really good time recording it. It was fun to do it over Zoom and kind of, like, kind of cool now that we're actually getting to record the last episode in person. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's great. But, no, anything else, Noah? Anything you want to add? Thank you to our few uh, listeners. I, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. And we had a great time, and we hope you enjoyed too. And, yeah, we, will, uh, we might be back later at some point, but I'm really glad you guys uh, tuned in and, gave us the support and uh anyway let's hope for a good nba finals and hope our final takes actually turn out to be pretty good next game booker chris paul and Aiden all get injured damn <laughs> and then our takes look horrible but anyway all right guys well i guess that's it thanks for listening see you later bye